0: Hello and welcome into the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Monday, everybody, and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves take on the Phoenix Suns tonight at Target Center. We're going to close the show today by talking a little bit about Wolves-Suns, what Phoenix has been up to this season, the injury report, and what to expect in that matchup. I want to spend the first uh, part of the show today talking However, all about uh, the Timberwolves' trip to Los Angeles. Friday night, the big victory over the Lakers. Saturday night, the similarly uh, large deficit, uh, or I should say large uh, final margin uh, in the game on Saturday. But instead of a blowout win, it was a blowout loss on Saturday to the Clippers. So we're going to talk about those two games, what was so different between the two of them. And uh, then we'll get into the Wolves-Suns preview, though. First off... Thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. And remember that Locked on Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube now, as well as all of the audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, so the Wolves on this four-game road trip, um, the loss to Memphis, the heartbreaker uh, that went to overtime after the big cat three-pointer, that was a week ago, feels like, somehow longer ago than that. Uh, and then the loss on Wednesday to the Golden State Warriors that turned into, uh, it wasn't quite a blowout, but the Warriors kind of held the Wolves at arm's length for a lot of that game. That was a fun Anthony Edwards, Andrew Wiggins game. And then Friday night, the big win over the Lakers. We did a post-game podcast that posted late Friday, so hopefully you listened to that over the weekend. Um, but uh, if you miss that, you can go back and check it out. The Wolves won by 24. They held the Lakers to just 83 points. Um, and then on Saturday, same building, uh, very different team, a very different opponent, and also very different, uh, you know, atmosphere, lighting, the whole thing. Obviously, uh, between Lakers, Clippers, and and uh, just different vibes. Unless you knew that it was the Staples Center and you knew that it was the same, you know, the same building two nights in a row, the uh, the Clippers games are treated very differently than the Lakers games. Uh, I think is is the is the cleanest or the the most obvious way to put it. Um, the Clippers beat the Wolves by twenty seven on Saturday in a game that really wasn't close after the first part of the second quarter. Um, In fact, the teams, it was a 27 point game at halftime and the Clippers won by 27. So the second half was just kind of more of the same. Um, And I, you know, I think what I'd like to do is I'd kind of, I'd like to line up those two games. What was so different between, between the two? Um, Why did the Wolves play so much better against the Lakers on Friday versus uh, how terribly they played against the Clippers on Saturday? Now I'm focusing on the Wolves specifically. The Lakers, obviously, are a team that has been kind of fumbling their way through not having LeBron James. They've got almost entirely new personnel. I think it's 12 of the 15 guys on the roster for the Lakers are brand new this year. So there's there's a lot of things going on there. The Clippers, on the other hand, well different. Obviously, no Kawhi Leonard, no Patrick Beverly. It's a little bit of a new look team, but not entirely. I mean, you've still got a lot of those same guys uh, that were in the, in the rotation last year. And, but, but the Clippers have been playing well after they started the season. I think they were one in four. And then since then they've, I believe they've won seven straight now. Um, and the Wolves have been a big part of that. They beat the Wolves three times over that span. Clearly they have unlocked, and we'll get into this here in a minute, how to guard Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, it worked really well for them again on Saturday. So what was so different between those two games? Well, first of all, the, the biggest difference to me between the Lakers game on Friday and the, and the Clippers game on Saturday was rebounding. Uh, the Timberwolves were plus 10 on the boards against the Lakers on Friday night. And, uh, you know, I mean, Anthony Davis was on the floor for the Lakers. And beyond him, you know, obviously, Russell Westbrook rebounds the ball well for his position. But it was basically Anthony Davis. And uh, I mean... Kent Bazemore was kind of the default starting four. I mean, this was a team that played really small. Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard got some serious run off the bench, but this is not supposed to be a great rebounding team. They had 44 boards to the Wolves, 54. The Wolves also had 14 offensive rebounds in the game against the Lakers. And we'd identified that in the preview on Friday, that the Lakers were a team that the Wolves should be able to grab rebounds against. Uh, They're in kind of the same neighborhood as Minnesota in terms of uh, having rebounding issues. And they did that. Um, They were aggressive on the boards. Jared Vanderbilt got his, I I think it was his maybe second start of the season on Friday and played really well in his 18 minutes, had six rebounds in 18 minutes on Friday. And then on Saturday against the Clippers, the rebounding issues that cropped up the second game against the Clippers uh, a week prior, uh, a week and a day prior at Target Center, Wolves Clippers. So those same issues came up again. The Timberwolves as a team only had 40 rebounds. The Clippers had 58. The Wolves, after being a plus 10 on Friday on the boards, were a minus 18 on Saturday against the Clippers. And uh, that was the biggest difference. Uh, they gave up 12 rebounds to Ivica Zubats, who loves playing against Carl Anthony Towns because he doesn't have to guard him one-on-one. He barely guards him at all. In fact, the, the Clippers put Nicholas Batum and Isaiah Hartenstein, and they just kind of rotate these guys through and bracket Towns. Well, more on Towns here in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Hartenstein himself had 12 rebounds off the bench and it, it just it was it's partially, you know, a huge chunk of rebounding, a huge part of rebounding obviously is aggressiveness. It's um it's it's want to, right? Yes, positioning, all that stuff. Uh, there's there's some minutia. There's some technique, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of boxing out anymore, but there's obviously some technique to it. Uh, you know, which team's bigger, which team's more athletic, which team wants it more. Um but it really is mostly which team wants it more. And on Friday, the Timberwolves wanted it. The Lakers did not. The Lakers wanted no part of playing on Friday night. Anthony Davis said as much after the game. On Saturday, the Timberwolves looked like they were not interested. Um, Now, we can also blame, I think, we can assign some blame, it's hard to say how much, to the second night of a back-to-back. The Timberwolves had played zero back-to-backs this season until this weekend. They were the second, I think the Clippers actually were the last team to play a back-to-back. They played Saturday and then Sunday they lost to the Bulls. The Timberwolves were the only other team in the league that had not played a back-to-back. So I'm sure four game road trip, you know, they've been away from home for a week. They're on the West coast, you know, back-to-back first one of the year. I'm sure that that was an issue. I'm sure that legs might've been a thing like, you know, whatever. I'm sure there's some, some blame to be assigned there. Uh, However, the Wolves just looked disinterested. I think the way Chris Finch put it after the game was the Wolves were performing and they weren't competing against the Clippers. And nowhere was that more obvious than when it came to rebounding. That was the biggest issue on Saturday versus Friday. Uh, Next, what I want to do is I want to look at uh, a couple of the other things that stuck out to me. A couple of things that were interesting, the Wolves actually did some things just as well Saturday that they did Friday, but because of the rebounding issues and um, very specifically the way that Towns was defended and the way that Towns ultimately performed, uh, that's why the biggest reason why the result was flipped instead of winning by 20 plus they lost by 20 plus so i want to get a little bit more into that here in a minute and then we'll do wolves suns preview before we get to all that though uh, let's talk about our friends over at prize picks all right nba fanatics have you heard about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy i love this And I know you will too. PrizePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You can do football and basketball at the same time. Um, all, any user that deposits and uses our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use our promo code NBA. Get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks also allows mixed sport entries. For instance, you could take the over on Carlton Towns points scored combined with the under on Kirk Cousins. Uh, passing yards or Kirk Cousins touchdowns thrown in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's also talk about our friends over at DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for the good stuff. Well, I wanna teach you about a simple way To get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together, it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is that there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Uh, let's talk a couple more differences between Friday and Saturday. So we talked about rebounding wolves were plus 10 on Friday, minus 18 on Saturday in overall, uh, rebounding field goal percentage. So obviously a little bit of this is, is the chicken or the egg, right? So you look at any loss, of course, the field goal percentage is going to be worse. Of course, they're generally going to be worse rebounding the ball. And that's the case. But if you dig a little bit deeper, um, it wasn't entirely the overall offensive performance. So on Friday, the Wolves shot 45.7% as a team from the field. They shot only 39.2% on Saturday against the Clippers. So yes, that's a big difference, right? That's what six and a half points, uh, field goal percentage points from Friday to Saturday. That matters over the course of a 48 minute game, obviously. However, the Timberwolves actually made more, more three pointers on Friday than they did on Saturday. Um, Actually, I take that back. It, well, I, they only made one more on Friday, so I had that the other way around. So the Timberwolves made 12 threes against the Lakers on Friday. They made 11 threes against the Clippers on Saturday, so not a massive difference there. And percentage-wise, wasn't really different either. They shot 32.4% against the Lakers, 12 of 37. They were 11 of 36 against the Clippers, so they shot one less, and they made one less. Not a massive difference. Also, at the free-throw line. The Timberwolves actually shot more free throws on Saturday than they did on Friday. They only attempted 12 free throws in the win over the Lakers on Friday night. They attempted 16 in the win over the Clippers on Saturday. So they made one more three on Friday, and they made two less free throws on Friday, yet they won the game by 24 and lost by 27 on Saturday. Why is that? Well, obviously, they shot two-pointers at a much lower clip. They were much worse in the paint on Friday. A lot of that had to do with Carl Anthony Towns. He wasn't the only one. Um, I mean, across the board against the Clippers, the Timberwolves really struggled in the paint. Nas Reed was, was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't as good Saturday as he was Friday. Jaden McDaniel struggled a little bit uh, to score the ball. He actually got 14 shots up against the Clippers. Part of that's because he played a lot of garbage time. Um, but he was only 5 of 14 shooting the ball and struggled a little bit in the paint. Anthony Edwards missed at least three or four layups on Saturday. Now, he wasn't very good Friday either. Remember, that was the game he scored only nine games. Or excuse me, nine points against the Lakers after he dropped, what was it, 48 on Wednesday against the Warriors. Ant had twenty one against the Clippers, but he shot nine to twenty two, and, and again missed four or five layups. He actually played a certainly a better game Saturday than he did Friday against the Lakers, but uh, but the 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 point blank misses were really really bad. Um, D'Lo wasn't great either when it came to he was at least a little bit more active on Saturday than he was early in the game against the Lakers. Uh, in fact, D'Lo was one of the reasons the Wolves stayed in the game early against the Clippers in the first quarter. Minnesota was only uh, down like six at the end of the first quarter. Uh, but or I should say, and a lot of that was because of D'Angelo Russell still in the paint as a team, the Timberwolves really struggled against the Clippers Clippers and it's not like the Clippers. This isn't the DeAndre Jordan Clippers, right? And this wasn't Anthony Davis and the Lakers. This was, I Zubats and, uh, Nicholas Batum's playing the four for this team and off the bench, it's Justice Winslow at the four, um, Hartenstein had three blocks, but Zubats only had one, Batum had one. Um, it's not like this is, this is. Uh, again, it's not like it's DeAndre Jordan. It's not like it's uh, you know present day Rudy Gobert or uh, Jared Allen or, or you know guys that can really protect the rim. This is the Clippers and the Wolves just just missed a lot of shots in the paint. And, and credit to a couple of those, you know, Hartenstein had a really good game, and Zubats has given the Wolves fits over the past couple of weeks in, in all three games Wolves Clippers. Um, but Minnesota in the paint, point blank range, not good. And Towns specifically, let's talk about Towns. So obviously the Clippers have the formula down to slow down Carl Anthony Towns. In the two, or excuse me, the three games between the Wolves and the Clippers, two at Target Center last week, and then uh, Saturday's loss in LA, Towns has shot just 42.1% from the field against the Clippers. That's 16 of 38. He's six of 18 outside the arc, only 33%. And remember, he's just a shade under 50% for the season from deep, but six of 18 against the Clippers, eight of nine on free throws across three games. So he's only shooting, he's only attempting three free throws per game against the Clippers. He shot exactly three in each of those games. Um, and for the rest of the, against every other team, in fact, Towns has only had one other game or excuse me, two other games all season where he shot less than three free throws. So three games against the Clippers, he averages three free throws per game. The other, uh, nine games of the season, only twice did he shoot less than three free throws in a game. Um, so he's just not getting to the line. He's not getting the calls. I mean, period, across the board this year. His free throw rate is down. We talked about that quite a bit, I think, on Friday's show. But um LA has the formula. A lot of the times they're putting Nicholas Batum, they're trying to front the post against Towns, and then they bracket him, or they'll if Batum plays behind him, they'll immediately bring a guard up top. So they're they're guarding him with two players almost immediately on the catch inside the arc. And it's working. It, it's a blueprint that against the Towns, you know, when Towns gets into that, hey, I've got a smaller guy than me, I can get into the paint and score. He might travel. He hasn't been doing that as much. He might get an offensive foul call, which he's been improving on lately. He may throw a wild pass. He may force up a difficult shot and either he makes a tough shot or he misses a tough shot. If we follow him, not a big deal because officials are allowing guys to be more physical in the post and on, on the glass as well, both defensively in the post and on the glass. And we're seeing that with with Towns' lack of free throw attempts, and the Timberwolves have not found a creative way, creative enough way to get Towns the ball. Finch has talked a little bit about that post game, recognizing that on some level that's a burden on Chris Finch to be able to get the ball to Towns in an advantageous position. I don't know if he needs more perimeter touches as a pick and roll ball handler. If they need to invert the pick and roll more often, that's obviously not an every time down the floor thing. Um, The Wolves have not again, run a whole lot of horns. They did that last week with some success, but didn't do as much of it on this, on this road trip, you know, whether that's Nas and Towns together or Towns and Anthony Edwards or Towns and, you know, insert, really any Jane McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt at at the elbows with Anthony Edwards handling the ball and Russell spotting up outside the arc, Beasley spotting up outside the arc. Just some more creativity instead of straight dumping the ball into Towns in the post or, uh, you know, giving it to him at the free throw line extended kind of the mid post where it's it's actually been pretty easy for teams to double him there, especially when his teammates aren't making three-pointers. Again, even in the win against the Lakers on Friday, the Timberwolves shot 32% from three. I mean, that's not going to get it done. You know, as as a team, it's simply not going to get it done. And well, Towns himself definitely bears some responsibility for Saturday's performance because he was he was not good. I mean, what was his line. I think he scored eight points on Saturday. Um, yeah, eight points on three of eleven shooting for Towns on Saturday. That's not acceptable if you're Carl Anthony Towns. And yeah, he missed five threes and he missed a couple of point blank shots. That was the biggest issue. Um, but beyond Saturday, right? Almost every other game this season. It's more a function of the team is not knocking down open shots when Towns gets the ball kicked out to them when he gets doubled, right? Or it's sometimes even triple teamed. When teams are blitzing Towns, guys aren't making open shots. The Wolves are now, uh, they're 22nd in the league in three-point shooting percentage at 33.1%. They're still first in attempts per game, but they're 22nd in percentage. And I basically stood on a cliff at the start of the season and before the season and said, Hey, this is going to be a much better three-point shooting team. You know, there's no way they've got a bunch of guys that are 40%, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley. These guys are basically career 38, 39, 40% three-point shooters. And Towns is the only one who's even sniffing 40%. He's at 44.6%, even after missing all five of his attempts on Saturday. Russell's a shade under 37%. Beverly's 35.5%. Um, Anthony Edwards is 33.6%, which is about where he should be. Beasley's under 30% this season. Uh, Jade McDaniel's hasn't taken a step forward. He's twenty five point eight percent from deep. This is not um, this is not how you're going to win games, and and the Wolves aren't. They're four and eight. Um, so it's a combination. The Friday to Saturday thing is rebounding is the biggest thing. Points in the paint slash. Um, making the most of opportunities at the rim and just simply making point blank shots. Those are the two biggest things. And obviously the way that Towns was defended and the way that the uh, the Lakers were not able to slow him down. He had 29 points on 17 shots, four of eight outside the arc on Friday. And then Saturday Towns had eight and eight, uh, three of 11 shooting, oh of five outside the arc. The way that the Clippers defended Towns was uh, again, They've provided the blueprint for every other team. We'll see what Phoenix does on Monday. We'll get into that here in a minute. DeAndre Ayton is very unlikely to play, but we'll talk more about Phoenix here in just a moment. Um, So a disappointing close to the road trip after what was such a promising, you know, the Memphis game was a, should have been a promising start. The Friday game. And again, we're sitting here saying the Wolves are this close. We we gotta get past the point where we're still saying the wolves are this close. It doesn't feel like they're this close, even if even if you recognize that a couple of bounces and the Memphis game, the wolves win a couple of bounces the other way, and um, you know the Warriors game it never felt really that close, but it was. And then they blow out the Lakers on Friday. There's all this optimism going into Saturday, and and they lay an egg on Saturday night. So uh, turning it around again, I guess, against the Suns on Monday is a difficult place to start, but you got to start somewhere. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll see if the wolves can, can step up to the plate on Monday. Uh, before we get into that preview though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat. High protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. And maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's talk Wolves-Suns preview for uh, Monday night's game. So DeAndre Ayton, is he was listed as doubtful before the Houston game on Sunday, um, and he's missed five out of the last six games. So it seems pretty unlikely he'd play Monday night, um, which, by the way, so Phoenix is on a back-to-back. I believe they were at home against uh, against um, Houston. Uh, no, they were on the road, actually, at Houston on, uh, on Sunday. So they are traveling from Houston to Minneapolis, playing on the second night of a back-to-back. The Wolves obviously traveled home after their loss Saturday and have been at home now. Uh, for a day and a half. So in terms of travel and all that stuff, the Wolves have the slight advantage there. Um, Phoenix, however, has won eight straight games after starting the season one and three. That one and three included a bad loss at Portland where they lost by almost 30 and then they lost to the Kings. Obviously both bad losses. They beat the Lakers and lost to the Nuggets. They were one and three and then they hauled off and have won eight straight. And yes, they've beaten the Pelicans. They've beaten the Rockets. They've beaten the Kings. They've actually beaten the Rockets twice and Portland. So there's been some easy ones in there, but they won at Memphis. They beat the Hawks at home and they beat uh, the Cavs, which turns out that's a decent win, at least at this point in the season. So they've got they've had a pretty easy schedule, all things considered. um, But they've also been missing DeAndre Ayton again for five of the last six games. And, uh, it's unclear at this point sitting here now when I'm recording this, whether or not, uh, DeAndre will be available for the, uh, for the game on Monday night. Again, my guess would be that he's not, but we don't know that for sure. Um, so when you're looking at what the Suns have done so far this season, obviously, uh, being the, being the defending Western conference champions, you know, the, the representative in the finals last year, the Suns are going to be good this year. They're now nine and three after the eight game winning streak um, and they've done it by really being a well-rounded team. They're 11th in defensive rating, eighth in offensive rating, they're fifth in pace. So they do still play very fast. They're ninth in net rating overall. So they're winning the games that they're supposed to win. For the most part, their, their record is basically what it should be. They're, they're not getting, you know, they're not playing that many close games. They're for the most part, keeping teams at an arm's length. Uh, They destroyed the Rockets on Sunday. They beat the Grizzlies handily the other day. The Blazers game was a double-digit win. The Hawks game was a close one, but they're also the only playoff-caliber team on the list. In fact, every game except for one during the streak was a victory of nine points or more. Um, So they're, again, holding teams at an arm's length, performing how you'd expect them to, and without, with no DeAndre Ayton, they've needed... And also Dario Saric is out, former Timberwolf Dario Saric. Remember, he tore his ACL in the playoffs towards the end of the playoffs last year. So he's out for the season this year. And so their depth has been tested a little bit. Um, you know, Frank Kaminsky... It has stepped up for them. Javel McGee is on this team this year. Um, Mikkel Bridges continues after a really kind of a breakout year last year, a big improvement last year. He continues to get better. Devin Booker has maybe been a little bit off so far this season. Um, obviously, he's still Devin Booker, and he's still really, really good. Chris Paul's been fantastic for them. Um, and there's nothing really like they, they're 28th in three-point shooting attempts, they're, but they're sixth in percentage, so they don't take a ton of them. But when they take them, they make them. Um, they're actually bottom tier of the league in defensive rebounding percentage and their second to last in offensive rebounding percentage. And I'm sure that the absence of DeAndre Ayton has influenced that quite a bit. Um, to this point, the season, Devin Booker still averaging 22 points a game, but he's shooting only 43% from the field and under 35% from three. So, I uh, you know, I said going into Friday night's game, the wolves could, if they could limit, um, You know, let Anthony Davis get what he needs to get on on Friday. And if they could limit the rest of the team, you know, if they could limit the the Russell Westbrooks and the Avery Bradleys and uh, to a lesser extent, the well, I guess Carmelo Anthony off the bench. And they did that. Um, The Wolves didn't let anybody besides Anthony Davis really do anything with any efficiency against them on Friday. On Saturday, what we've always said about Clippers games is, hey, Paul George is going to get his. You know, you got to limit Reggie Jackson, limit Eric Bledsoe. There was no point of attack defense against the Clippers on Saturday. Jackson, Bledsoe, really anybody that had the ball. Terrence Mann could do anything they wanted on Saturday night against the Wolves defense. What the Wolves need to do in this game is understand that Chris Paul is going to probably get to his spots, but try and cut him off, make him shoot a contested mid-range jumper, and... You know, clog the passing lanes as much as possible and don't let him hit, you know, Devin Booker for a spot-up three or Mikkel Bridges for a spot-up three or Landry Shamet, who's part of this rotation now for the Suns. Um, this is a relatively deep team and Chris Paul is what makes this thing go. Uh, he's been great so far this year and the Timberwolves really struggle to defend good point guards. Um, D'Angelo Russell is not a good point of attack defender. Josh Akogi, hopefully will get the assignment to shadow Chris Paul a bit when he's on the floor. It'll be interesting to see what the Wolves do from a lineup perspective if they do the same thing on Friday and Saturday with Vanderbilt in the lineup, along with both Patrick Beverly and uh, D'Angelo Russell. But otherwise, I would expect Beverly to be on Chris Paul. Of course, there's a history from uh, the conference finals last year when Patrick Beverly shoved Chris Paul in the back and then got the suspension that carried over into the first game of this season. So we'll see if there's any fireworks there. Hopefully not. Uh, but I would expect Beverly to maybe get a chance at starting in this game, or maybe this is the opportunity for Finch to pull him back and put him back on the bench. Um, but a little bit of Beverly, a little, a little bit of Josh Kogi. I'm sure Kogi will get the chance to guard Devin Booker as well. Um, so offensively for the Wolves, they're going to, with no DeAndre Ayton, the Wolves have to get the ball into the paint and challenge the Suns to to really try and slow them down. The Suns are kind of middle of the pack in terms of block shots with, again, with no Ayton, you're not really scared of anybody else in the paint for them. I mean, it's not like Frank Kaminsky is not a major shot blocker. He's a decent shot blocker, but I mean, that's not, he's not somebody that Towns or Anthony Edwards should be worried about. The Wolves need to get the ball to Towns in the mid post and the high post and really let the offense flow through him not allow the ball stopping to happen on the perimeter and not allow towns to get trapped, um, and, and not provide him passing lanes to hit an open teammate. Um, be really intrigued to see what the rotation, the starting lineup looks for looks like in this one, but obviously a very tough game for the wolves, but with no Aiden and, uh, just generally a little bit of a dinged up suns team that'll be traveling second night of a back-to-back the wolves have a, have a chance to, to surprise on Monday night. Um, and it would be really nice given, given how difficult this road trip ended up being for the Timberwolves and then peeking ahead at the rest of this, at the rest of the week, it does get a little bit easier for Minnesota if they can get past the suns on Monday. Um, the Wolves get the Kings then on Wednesday and then the Spurs at, in a home back-to-back, second night of a home back-to-back on Thursday. So Suns, Kings, Spurs, and then the Grizzlies at home on Saturday. So four consecutive home games for the Wolves, and they'll probably be favored in the Sacramento and San Antonio games, um, I would think, sitting here right now at home. Uh, But the Suns and Grizzlies games are obviously not easy. So we'll be back after the Suns game Monday night with a post-game podcast that we'll post very shortly after the game. So make sure that if you're not already following or subscribed to the show that you do that. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, that includes Locked On Wolves as, or excuse me, that includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow Locked On Wolves on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon, which is two Bs, two Es, C K E N. That's all I have for you today here on the podcast. Remember, the Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast.